when were the... What schools... Who decides what the next... Where's that story? Why they keep the loop? What is this? It's Curious City. Where WBEZ answers your questions about Chicago, the region, and its people. Hi, I'm reporter Chris Bentley, and I'm going to answer, or re-answer, a high-minded question Curious City got a while back in 2013. It has to do with super-tall skyscrapers. Those are buildings taller than 984 feet. Chicago is often credited with inventing the skyscraper, or at least pioneering the form along with New York City. Chicago's reached great heights when it comes to super-talls specifically. We've got six of them, including the Willis, or Sears Tower, which was the world's tallest building for 25 years. But we've only built one new super-tall in the last 25 years, the Trump Tower, completed in 2009. That dry spell bothered Andrew Wambach. Andrew had just moved to Minnesota and already missed the Chicago skyline. My question is, when will Chicago have its next super-tall skyscraper? Our answer was, not anytime soon. News he took pretty well, actually. Maybe the super tall is done, and for Chicago, they don't need it anymore. They, they can say, been there, done that. We can be a great city. We can be a world city without the need of the super tall structure by the resilience of our neighborhoods, you know, the, the strength of our restaurants and from our culture. But we're going to take another look. Why? There's some big news. In 2014, a Chinese developer called Dalian Wanda Group announced plans to build a tower in the Lakeshore East neighborhood that would be 1,150 feet tall. They hope to open it in just three years. I called up Andrew in Minneapolis to tell him the news. He had to Google it. Wanda Tower, Chicago. Holy smokes! So Andrew's dreams of a new Chicago super tall may be closer than we thought. It could happen in 2018 if all goes according to Wanda Group's plan. But in some ways the answer is the same as the last time we looked into this for Andrew. It will happen when developers can actually attract the huge investment necessary to build such tall structures here. Lately, either no one's planned such buildings, or the projects have fizzled out. We'll walk through what caused our dry spell in super tall construction, then see what may have changed. Let's start with the obvious. Super tall skyscrapers cost a lot of money to build. These projects would require, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in debt. This is Rafael Carrera, a principal with the John Buck Company, a national development firm. I spoke to him for our initial crack at Andrew's question about supertalls. The larger the project gets, the harder it is to finance, the harder it is to pre-sell or pre-market the project. And, and those are, are factors that make these supertalls uh, hard to do. Developers tend to move with the economy. When the economy booms, they build. When the economy tanks, they, well, they could end up with a giant hole in the ground, literally. Take what happened in 2006. Developers wanted to build a tower called the Chicago Spire. People were either inspired or repelled by the prospect of a 2,000-foot-tall building that twisted like a giant unicorn's horn. But the recession hit the project hard, and after years of court filings, false starts, and bankruptcy proceedings, it died in 2014. By the way, you can still see the gaping hole at 400 North Lakeshore Drive. Most of the world's super-tall skyscrapers that have been built are not in cities where the form has pioneered, New York and Chicago. There's been a huge shift away from North America to Asia. This is Anthony Wood, executive director of the Chicago-based Council on Tall Buildings and Urban Habitat. Lots of different reasons, but there's a couple. One is attention, which has always driven iconic tall buildings, and the other is population and urbanization. He's alluding to the fact that more than a billion people will move or be born into cities in Asia over the next 20 years. And while the U.S. population is growing, and Chicago's downtown is growing, it's nothing compared to Asia's growth rate. That's a big part of why those cities are building up. 
and that's pulled the biggest builders and financiers to China. That's according to Tom Kerwin, principal of BKL Architecture, the design firm working with Studio Gang Architects on the new Wanda Supertall. Kerwin's worked on dozens of projects in the U.S. and Asia. The Supertall building are large, mixed-use complexes are kind of the norm in China. So the Chinese are very accustomed to these large-scale, multi-use buildings. So for them, it sounds kind of silly to say, but it's almost commonplace. If they do pull it off, the Wanda Tower will be the third tallest building in Chicago. But what's different this time around? Can Wanda Group and its partners actually pull off the latest proposal for a Chicago Supertall? Absolutely. This is Sean Lenane. He's a senior vice president for Magellan Development Group, the Chicago firm partnering with Wanda. Well, the Spire didn't necessarily have all their, their capital sources in place, and, and we believe that we do. And the, the timing is right for this project, coming out of the, the doldrums uh, that we've been in for the last, since, since really, arguably 2007. And he says the timing is right in another way. Wanda is owned by Wang Jianlin. He's the richest man in mainland China. Like many Chinese developers, he's looking for new markets overseas. It is crazy what's going on in, in China right now. There's just been an explosive growth over the past two decades, and it's a growth that's very tough to sustain within their own borders. So that's why you find companies looking outside of China, and they're looking all over the place, not just in the United States. Really, it's just as a way to kind of sustain that growth and to really just broaden their reach and, and broaden the, their touch. He says they look at the U.S. as a mature market. It's not white hot, like China, but it's predictable. So here's our new answer to Andrew's question. Chicago could very well get its next super tall in 2018. And if we do, it won't be because we're an investor's jackpot or the architectural epicenter of the world, but because we're someone else's safe bet. Thanks to former Chicagoan Andrew Wambach, who got this story started a while ago and was more than willing to take another look with us. Reporting today came from me, Chris Bentley. Curious City was founded by Jennifer Brandel, WBEZ, AIR, and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support comes from the Doris and Howard Conant Fund for Journalism. Curious City on WBEZ is supported by New Belgium Brewing, which believes some of our best and most memorable times come from slowing down, taking it easy, and letting it all sink in. Enjoy a Slow Ride Session IPA at New Belgium's Slow Ride Sessions, opportunities crafted to give a reprieve from the hustle. New Belgium and Good Beer Hunting are partnering with Chicago's best artisans and makers to share their practices in intimate, hands-on sessions giving folks a chance to check out from their day-to-day and enjoy learning something meaningful over a few beers. Learn more at newbelgium.com. Hey there, multimedia producer Logan Jaffe here. And in case you didn't know, this is the start of Curious City's brand new season. And us behind the sceneers thought we'd take the opportunity to just say hi. Hey there. Hey. I'm Sean Ali, the editor of Curious City. And I'm Jesse Dukes, the brand new audio producer. Now, Jesse just moved to our fair city, and he's already helped dig out what, Jesse? How many cars out of the snow? Like seven cars and three minivans. And possibly had a package swiped off my porch. Yeah, well... Welcome to Chicago, Jesse. Now, let's get down to some Curious City business. One, we have a weekly podcast. Two, subscribe to it. Three, please subscribe... 
You can do it on iTunes. Leave us a review while you're at it. Yep, and curious citizens, we are always on the hunt for your questions about Chicago, the region, and the people who live here. Which includes me now. Submit your questions at wbez.org slash curiouscity. Wait, speaking of next week, what's coming up? Well, let's just say it's very theatrical. Two suburbs, both alike in dignity, in Fairwill County, where we lay our scene. Romeoville and Joliet were actually founded as Romeo and Juliet. Why? Depends on who you ask. It was named in honor of the Shakespearean hero. It sounds like it is a way to mark the culture. I truly believe that it was an advertising gimmick. A tale of Chicago's star-crossed suburbs. Next week on WBEZ's Curious City. Nice.